Alright, listen guys, I straight up gotta say, that was one of the best endings to SmackDown that I've seen in a long time, and I can't wait to talk about it, so strap in, buckle up, get your popcorn, get your drink, it's time for the Manifest Wrestling Podcast with your host Alfonso McCree Jr. We are officially on air. Welcome to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. I already said that, but now I'm going to spell it out. A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. You can bet on me and the Believe Network. Welcome once again to the SmackDown Reaction. This episode was loaded, okay? And the best part is, we didn't even know it was loaded. It didn't appear to be loaded. But then at the back end of the show... To cap off the show, it was loaded, okay? Jey Uso, Cody Rhodes, John Cena, and LA Knight on one side, The Judgment Day, and The Bloodline on the other side, a face-off for the ages, a culmination of all the great storylines going on in WWE right now, all in the ring together at the exact same time. It was absolutely brilliant, okay? So, you know, we started off the night. With L.A. Knight coming down to the ring, he was going to cut a promo. Then he was interrupted by Solo Sokoa, Jim Uso, Paul Heyman. They came out, started running them down. Hey, you ain't going to make it to Fastlane. John Cena comes out for the save. And we find out we're going to get Jim Uso versus L.A. Knight later on in the night. Which, a fresh matchup. You always got to love seeing fresh matchups. That was a great matchup. Uh, L.A. Knight, of course, still super over. You know, some people suffer from the, uh, I forgot what they call it, like, you know, when you come out at the beginning of the show, and then you come out later on in the show, you don't get the same pop. I felt like LA Knight got a very similar pop the second time that he came out for the match, uh, as when he came out for the first time to just cut the promo. So, good to see that for him. Now, they wrestled a pretty decent match. It went about yeah, 10 minutes or so, maybe less than that. It's probably less than that, but it ended, ended in DQ with Solo Sokoa. Interfering, of course, they start beating down LA Knight. Cena comes out for the save. Out comes Judgment Day. All four members, Rhea, Finn, Priest, Dominic, and they're accompanied, of course, by J.D. McDonough. And, um, you know, Paul Heyman and Rhea Ripley have been talking throughout the night, saying, like, hey, you know, let's, you know, it it was kind of insinuated they were talking about teaming up, but Paul Heyman had to get the authorization, as he called it, from the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, who will be back next week live from Tulsa, Oklahoma, by the way. So, uh, you know, eventually they come out to the ringside. Paul Heyman and Rhea Ripley shake hands, and Paul tells Rhea, hey, it's authorized. Rhea also, she's getting a little feisty with the bloodline, okay? She told Paul Heyman earlier in the night to acknowledge her. So if I don't get Roman Reigns versus Rhea Ripley this year, oh, heads are going to roll, I'm telling you right now. Heads are going to roll. I better get the match. I better get the match. Or heads are going to roll. Do you hear me? I'm not playing around. Rhea Ripley versus Roman Reigns. Royal Rumble. Book it. Now. Title unification match. The women's world title and the universal title. Merge them to create one super title. One super intergender title. We're talking about equality here. We're talking about rights. We're talking about the tribal chief versus the eradicator. I'm getting off topic. Let's get back to what happened. So, the bloodline and the judgment day all get up on the apron. 
Only two in the ring are Cena and LA Knight. And it looks like it's about to be about a 10-on-2 beatdown. Who knows, maybe even Paul Heyman gets a kick in. But instead, out comes Jey Uso. Main event Jey Uso. And this is a surprise because he's on Monday Night Raw now. He's no longer on SmackDown. Remember, he left SmackDown. This is his first appearance on Friday since he, quote-unquote, quit SmackDown, quit, quit the butt line, quit WWE. Deuces, ooses. It's his first appearance. So he comes out. Crowd goes crazy for him. And everybody knows what's next because he's teaming with a certain man at Fastlane to take on the Judgment Day. And that man is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, who makes his way to the ring as well. And a brawl breaks out with the baby faces getting the upper hand and, of course, J.D. McDonough eating all the finishers. You know, War Games is coming up. <laughs> yes, War Games is coming up. And I can't help but feel that the individuals in that ring will be involved in some way, shape, or form. Now, the question is, War Games is typically five on five. So who are the five members between the Bloodline and the Judgment Day that will join in on the fight? Because I just can't help but think Roman Reigns is not going to be part of that War Games match. And then that also leaves the question of who is going to be the fifth member of the team involving Cody Rhodes, Jey Uso, L.A. Knight, and John Cena. Well, if the rumors are correct, we might be seeing a certain cult of personality returning to the All-State Arena in Chicago on November 25th for Survivor Series. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, let, let's, let's, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Because I made an entire episode being extremely critical of one chick magnet punk. I told you guys Phil Brooks was a locker room cancer in AEW. I told you that Phil Brooks was probably more part of the problem in his initial WWE run than he had initially let on. And I also told you guys that I didn't know how much I wanted to see him in WWE. And, of course, at the end of the day, my opinion does not matter to those who are going to make the decisions in WWE. What's best for business is what's best for business. But the reason I bring up what I said and what I thought is because I do want to make it clear that I am all about giving chance after chance after chance to right your wrongs. And I'm all about giving someone another opportunity to be better than they were the day before. Because that's what life is all about. Growing and getting better than you were the day before in every area, whether it's your behavior, your fitness, your health, your knowledge, whatever it is, 
You always just want to get better than you were the day before. If CM Punk to WWE rumors are accurate, if they are true, I'm all for it because I truly feel that WWE has the personalities and the professionalism and they operate in a way, in a manner that will force CM Punk to become the best version of himself at this age. Um, now, I know it didn't work out that well before, so you're probably asking, like, oh, what makes you think things are going to be different now? I think that CM Punk has learned a lot over the course of these past nine years since he departed WWE. I believe that over the course of his AEW career, he was kind of exposed to the fact that maybe he was a bit of an issue in WWE and how the grass is not greener always on the other side. And that doesn't make WWE perfect. That doesn't make AEW um, a waste or a bad promotion. It's just, it's just a life lesson for CM Punk in this moment. CM Punk learned through that AEW run that there is a reason WWE has been on top and stayed on top for so long. And I've been on the record multiple times, a multitude of occasions, telling you guys how important it is for AEW to exist and to thrive. So this is not a... This is not an attempt to lift up WWE while pushing down AEW. No, this is all about CM Punk. CM Punk was shown through his experience in AEW that sometimes you're the problem. And sometimes you have to find ways to make things work to find gratefulness in your heart for any opportunities that you're getting, to see the ways that you have peace in your life already. I think upon reflection, CM Punk will find that perhaps it wasn't such a bad thing that he was going to face off with Triple H at WrestleMania 30. Number one, Triple H is a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time. Number two, the story would have been really good. It really would have. Number three, I'm pretty sure CM Punk would have gone over on that show to get his win back because he had lost at Night of Champions three years earlier to Triple H. And number four, he would have got a bag from that appearance. And now he's doing very well with money, as far as we know. So I'm not saying he's hurting for cash or anything like that, but... When you think about it, the only thing, and my wife tells me about this all the time, the ego. The ego. What is the ego? The ego is the thing that protects us sometimes, but it's also a thing that hinders us sometimes. And while you need your ego to ensure that people aren't treating you any old type of way and that you're getting the things that you deserve out of life, your ego can also get in the way of you getting what you want out of life. And ego is not always arrogance. 
ego can be fear ego can be caution um ego can be greed ego can be arrogance but it's not always just a uh a negative connotation that should be associated with the word ego but cm punk's ego prevented him from heading into that wrestlemania and there were other reasons right you have that whole lawsuit with the doctor and everything the staff infection stuff like that there are a multitude of reasons that he left wwe but in my humble opinion i truly do believe the lack of a wrestlemania main event is a huge part of it and i get it but you kind of have to understand i know i know that the I know that the WrestleMania main event comes with a certain price tag. Right? Like, somebody on the middle of the card is not going to get paid as much as somebody that's main eventing the WrestleMania card. I get it. I totally understand. However, when you are as undeniable as CM Punk was, you don't need to stress over a WrestleMania main event. Because it really is just a spot on the card. If you tell the best story and have the best match on the card, guess what people are going to remember? Your match. I'll give you a great example. WrestleMania 28, Rock versus Cena, main event. That's what people remember about that show. Absolutely. My next WrestleMania, though, was WrestleMania 33. You know what people remember from that show? couple of things. They remember the Hardy Boys returning. They remember the stage, of course. It was the one that uh, was inspired by Universal Studios here in Orlando. And they also remember Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. Those are the big three takeaways that they had from that one. The Hardy Boys coming back. Goldberg and Brock Lesnar making up for their horrible WrestleMania 20 match. And that stage. What they do not remember, or at least fondly remember, is the main event. Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker. To be honest with you, I only remember two spots from that match. I remember the ending, and I remember the part where Roman hit The Undertaker a little bit too hard with the chair. And I remember the guy next to me saying, oh man, you know a receipt's coming. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, Undertaker's going to get him. It does not matter where you are on the card. If you steal the show, that's what people will remember. Before we go to break, I want you to ask yourself this. WrestleMania 21, live from Los Angeles. Which match, not which moment, not which moment, because, of course, people remember the moment of one of these, uh, these two matches. But which match... Do people remember fondly the most? Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels? Or Batista versus Triple H? One was a crowning moment that launched a superstar into years of main event success in Batista. But the other one is one of the greatest matches in the history of this company and in the history of WrestleMania. It does not matter where you are on the card. 
CM Punk could have stole the show regardless. But his ego got in the way. And he walked away. When we come back, we're going to cover some of the biggest news stories going on in the world of wrestling right now. Including somebody that I already mentioned on this show possibly popping up on the developmental brand? Stay tuned. We'll be right back on Manifest Wrestling. Welcome back to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. Here on the Believe Network, let's get into what is supposed to be a stacked episode of NXT this week. As you guys know, I used to work the NXT Student Initiative. Uh, the partnership between the WWE Performance Center and Full Sail University. And I have to say, I feel so bad for these guys on Tuesday. Because this show is going to be absolutely packed. And it's going to be, man, there's not going to be enough space to sit everybody who's going to want to get into that show. If you guys don't know how NXT works, it's a free show. It's a free show, but you have to do a sign-up list, and you know you either get selected to be able to go to the show, or you don't. This show is going to be absolutely stacked, because already announced is John Cena, Paul Heyman, Cody Rhodes, and they've been teasing an appearance by the dead man on this show. When I tell you, the crowds that are going to be trying to get into this show are going to be ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I feel so bad. But I know, I know that they can handle it. I know that they got this. But, gosh, man. NXT, I've mentioned before on this podcast, I believe is doing such a great job of mixing the main event well, the main uh, roster, sorry, main roster talent with the NXT talent. And I've also said that, like, I think that is the best thing that they could possibly be doing. The NXT brand is literally made. It's literally born. It's literally existing to create the superstars of the future, to give them somewhere to make their mistakes and learn and grow before they get to the main roster. NXT, since the main roster talent have really started making their presence felt on the brand, is doing anywhere between like seven to 800,000 viewers a week, which is great numbers because prior they were doing about 500,000. Raw and SmackDown see over 2 million viewers per week, if not more. And... That's not even counting the people who can't watch the show live, so they just watch it on YouTube. See, that's a big part, too. You gotta, when we talk about ratings, if I could just, you know, have a quick side conversation. When we talk about ratings, um, and people see that, you know, Raw and SmackDown, you know, back in the day, early 2000s, 90s, stuff like that, used to get like 5 million viewers and everything, and, you know, they see the drop off of millions of people. Yes, some of the people, some of the fans have left. The product, absolutely, yes. But you have to understand, too, some people don't do cable anymore. 
some people either illegally pirate the the uh, product, so they watch it via a link online, and those ratings aren't taken into account. Uh, you also have the YouTube numbers, where people can't watch the show live because they're working or they're partying, they're doing something other than watching the show. Or maybe they're watching football, it's football season. They will go to the YouTube channel and watch everything there. It's one of the best things WWE ever did is like, you know, start posting their content on YouTube because now we have multiple ways of consuming your product. The ratings haven't really fallen off as dramatically as one might think. Because if they did, WWE wouldn't be setting record deals for their TV rights. So that's I just want you guys to keep that in mind. But you have these NXT developmental stars wrestling weekly in front of almost a million people. They're averaging more viewers than Dynamite right now. Um, they're in the 800,000s where Dynamite is like peaking at 800,000. And, um, you know, the main roster talent is a big part of that. Not only do you want to, you know, make sure that these developmental stars have an opportunity to learn from these main roster talents, but you want to make sure that they have a chance to build some history with them. Uh, you want to make sure that they have a chance to maybe wrestle them um, in preparation for the main roster. But like, here's the really big thing. You got an opportunity to get casual fans or people who only watch Raw and SmackDown to tune in to NXT and see some of these guys before they touch the main roster. Because a lot of time, you know, they'll just end up bringing them up or showing them in the crowd or something like that. And the casual fans who only watch Raw and SmackDown are like, who the heck is this? What is this title they have on their arms? You know, you don't want that. You want to be able to have a situation where the talent has already been seen by this crowd. That way, when they come up, they're not starting from scratch. Like, yeah, they're still going to have work to do to build credibility in the eyes of these fans and to you know get to give the fans an opportunity to get to know them but if you start that work now at nxt because you're bringing in so many of these stars like i'm i'm fully expecting i would be shocked if nxt doesn't crack a million and a half this week coming up 1.5 million is what i think it's going to crack and we'll see we'll see what it does um come next Wednesday or Thursday or whenever the numbers come out. We'll see exactly how it did. But I'm expecting, I'm really expecting a viewership number around one and a half million people. Because you got Cena, you got Cody Rhodes, and they're teasing The Undertaker. And you already got Becky Lynch, Baron Corbin, people like that, you know, making the brand better down there as it is. But now you're going to get eyes on people like Carmelo Hayes. You're going to get eyes on people like Braun Breaker, like Roxanne Perez, like Tiffany Stratton. You're going to get eyes on all these different talents that are so good. They are so good. Ilya Dragunov, so good. But they need the exposure. They need the eyes on them. And they're doing it so brilliantly. And I don't know if it's a business move or if this is exactly what they envisioned for it. But either way, it's working out well for everybody. You got people like Becky Lynch who, you know, she was starting to lose some steam a little bit. On the main roster, she comes down to NXT and she's hot again. Baron Corbin never really had that much steam on the main roster, but comes down to NXT again and he's on fire. Opening match at NXT No Mercy tore the house down with Braun Breaker. And he this is what this is what Baron Corbin deserves because he's a legit 
badass. He's a great wrestler. He's really, really good. But it just wasn't working on the main roster. But now you bring him to NXT and his career is reinvigorated. And now I feel like he can go back to the main roster eventually and just do great work once again. There's so much talent on that NXT roster. WWE even has a chance, a legitimate chance. You know, they've they've called this thing their third brand all the time. But no, you have an actual chance to make this your third brand now. You have an actual chance to, like, legitimize this product at NXT. And you're doing it because just like Raw superstars appear on SmackDown sometimes or SmackDown superstars appear on Raw sometimes, do the same thing with NXT. Have Raw and SmackDown superstars appear on NXT sometimes? Have NXT superstars appear on Raw and SmackDown from time to time? Periodically, just mix the brand up. Mix it up, mix it up, mix it up. Do the thing again where you bring the NXT people up and you have them invade. You know, that was a great story. That was such great exposure for the NXT brand when they did that for for the Survivor Series that one year. That was great exposure. And no, it eventually led to nothing for Keith Lee, even though he was the last remaining survivor for NXT before being eliminated by Roman Reigns. But that wasn't the fault of the people who were behind that invasion angle. That was Vince not believing in Keith Lee for whatever reason. Regardless, it went over really well with the crowd. They liked it. I'm pretty sure it helped the NXT brand. I would say just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. This week's episode of NXT I think is going to be really awesome because... You know, you're not just bringing up Cody Rhodes for no reason. You're, you're saying, oh, he has a major announcement to make. So now people, casual fans, are going to tune in on NXT to see what that major announcement is. And I just hope that major announcement delivers so that, you know, next time they do it, it works again for the ratings. Um, but then, you know, you also, you know, you're, you're wondering why, why is Paul Heyman going to support Braun Breaker? Why is... John Cena going to support Carmelo. Are we going to see Survivor Series appearances from those two? It's really interesting stuff that's going on right now. Um, man, I, I like I always get to this point. I just start daydreaming about what it's going to be like and how awesome it's going to be. And uh, you know, WWE, I, I gotta say, has been doing a great job of exceeding my expectations lately. So. <sighs> I think I'm going to do an NXT reaction show uh, this coming week. That'll come out next Wednesday. And I believe I'm also going to do a Fastlane review and might do a Fastlane watch party tonight. You guys stay tuned for that uh, if I go live on YouTube. And um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. I'm still trying to hammer down and uh, a, a nice firm weekly schedule. But a lot of things are changing in life right now. Right? Uh, been training a lot more. Been... Uh, doing a lot of different things and you know just trying to get a hold of everything but for now just trying to bring you guys consistent content just like this and shows like nxt on tuesday are really going to help because i'm super excited about that one so i will see you guys officially next wednesday and i might see you guys before that but in the meantime stay blessed stay safe i will see you guys soon for now alfonso mccree jr and i will always be alfonso mccree jr a-l-p-h-o-n-s-o m-c-c-r-e-e jr right here on the believe network manifest podcast wrestling no no that's wrong that's wrong guys manifest wrestling podcast manifest wrestling podcast 
wow you know i feel like that one is going to uh that's gonna come back to bite me isn't it yeah manifest podcast wrestling let's go with it all right i'll see you guys next time peace